Hello and welcome to It's Been a Week, Episode 7, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Alicia, as always, it has been a week. Great to see you, Jack. And I tell you what, I agree. It has definitely been a week. I've only ever needed one strong coffee Mm. for like 39 years. This week I have some news. I've introduced a second. I need an afternoon hit. How do you get through the days at the moment? As you know, I don't drink coffee. I drink tea, a lot of tea, but I drink a lot of wine. wine. As all my friends would wine know. Wine helps. Um, a very warm welcome to Sam, our ace producer. Hello, guys. How are you? Well, Sam, we've had correspondence yes. this week. Oh, really? well, we have some news for you. Yes. Oh, really? Alicia. Yes, Clara. The oh. lovely Clara. Clara yes. is Sam's she's partner. Come to us. Yes. Has she? Yes, she's come to us. And she informed us that um, you might be having to save some some money. You might be having to start really looking at that budget that you spoke to us about a few weeks <laughs> yes, ago. Yes, because she caught the bouquet oh, at a wedding oh. over the weekend. So you know what that means. It means next. you're next. You are next. Mm. You should have seen her performance. It's something that like, uh, who's the best centre half forward at the moment? You would say. Josh Kennedy from the West Coast. She was elbows out. Oh, she was desperate for it. She was knocking over people. It was amazing. Did that make you anxious? It did a little bit. I was was pretending not to sort of watch, but she ran straight over to me. So I I, love this for Clara. We love love many things about Clara because she's contacted us on the sly. Clara, (laughs) we are open to any information you may have about your personal life with Sam, and we'll cover it on the pod. We want more. (laughs) Other things we are going to touch on this week. Um, We're going to revisit those really embarrassing kids' stories that we were sent. So many, So so funny. We're going to do a separate pod because we have so many of them. That's going to be released on Friday morning, but we will touch on them here as well. And when it comes to news, we're obviously going to chat about interest rates and the latest hike, the proposed Medicare shake-up. Alicia, you're quite keen to talk about parking fines this week. Parking fines at schools Mm. of all places. Disgraceful. Let us know if you've been affected. And the Humble Biscuit is having a resurgence. So let's get into it now. Interest rates have gone up. It's the ninth consecutive rise. And since the Reserve started lifting rates, the monthly repayments on a $750,000 mortgage have actually increased by $1,400. That's added an extra $116 a month to a mortgage of $750,000. It's leading to such a huge amount of stress and anxiety on people, obviously financially. I mean, that goes without saying. But, you know, emotionally Mm. and mentally, these consistent rises are are really, really starting to take their toll. Every month we spend the entire time talking about what is the reserve going to do next? And then when it finally happens, the level of stress that people are experiencing, it would be terrible. Yeah. Dr. Natalie Flatt, she is from Connect Mm. Psych and she has this advice. So research supports that the rising cost of living and the effects of an individual's mental health are strongly linked, leading to anxiety, depression, anger, substance abuse, strained relationships and withdrawing from others. During these times, it is important to consider what is within your control and what isn't. Now, a useful technique we can use is to set aside some worry time, and this can be around 30 minutes long. Now, whenever you find yourself worrying about something throughout the day, you can write it down and you try to let it go until your scheduled worry time later. Now, this can help you feel more in control and reduce your anxiety levels over time. It's also important to connect with someone at least once a day. A quick conversation allows for thoughts to be put into perspective and solutions to be looked at. And Jack, I found that super helpful, that that little bit of advice from Dr Natalie Flatt, to set aside some some worry time so you can face these things. Mm. You're not not 
you're not sweeping them under the carpet, but you're facing them sort of at a dedicated period rather than just during these random times during the day when, where you might be having to focus on work or focus on parenting or doing other things that need to be done during the day. Such a good idea. And actually, I think you could apply that to any part of stress of in course. your life. My husband always says to me, you worry about not having to something to worry about, like you're such a worrier. Mm. And then when the real worries pile on top yeah. of just your general nature, it can become totally overwhelming. Oh, 100%. She also has this advice for ways we can try to reduce mm. costs, which will also help with the worrying. Um, we're always looking for ways on It's Been a Week to we reduce the cost of living. You can also think about alternative actions you could take towards the things that you may need to give up on short term. Free workouts instead of gym memberships, simple picnics instead of restaurants, and creating a sustainable community of swap meets can help with adjustments and stabilise your normal routine without feeling you are missing out. And Jack, I just think going for a run outside near the beach, it really is the best form of physical exercise, but also it helps with the mind. Or even getting out, there's a big thing about being in green spaces and blue spaces. It's it's been proven yes. to help with your mental health. So if you're not by the coast, which a lot of people aren't, just to get out in your local park, get out of your house Anywhere. and just get some fresh air and take time out. Um, it is stressful though. The age reported some homeowners are now facing negative equity, meaning they're going mm. to have more debt after buying at the top than their home is actually worth, worth today. And that leads me into talking about Philip Lowe. I know you're not a fan of him. Um, his job is actually up in September. Do you think it's time almost for a circuit breaker? Does he need to go? Oh, I mean, I think he should yeah. have gone a long time ago when he promised people, you know, rates yeah. that were then increased. And I know you say people need to be accountable I do. for their own yeah. finances, but, you know, he is, they are the peak body. He is the the yeah. authority in this space. People should have been able to trust him. Yes. They couldn't. So he apologised, but he also should have stepped down. I, I do agree um, with the circuit breaker thing. Maybe he has had his time where under so much pressure and a fresh set of eyes would help, almost, almost help give the economy almost think, a settler now I agree, too. and I think his, his time is up and he needs to hand the baton to someone else. Some experts are expecting, though, rates to begin dropping mm, sort of be mid nice. to the end of the year. So finance expert Stephen Zamical from Mortgage Choice, he had this to say about our friends in the US. The USA have had six consecutive months of a decline in their inflation rate in the last six months, with the US expecting the yearly inflation to be 3.2% at the end of the year. As they say, when the USA sneezes, Australia catches a cold. We tend to follow the US when it comes to these financial economic type factors and with a three to six month lag period behind the US. So, Jack, the good news is hopefully Ugh. it will start to Hope ease they get off. it right this time. <laughs> Maybe not until the second half of the year, but something will have to give. So, Alicia, the past week there's obviously been this huge focus on Medicare and the possible overhaul. We're lucky to have the healthcare mm. system that we do, but it's becoming increasingly difficult for people to make ends meet, isn't it? There have been no major changes to it at all pretty much mm. since the 80s and it's a federal issue and federal cabinet resumed mm. again this week and everyone was hoping that it was basically going, yeah, and yeah. expecting that it was top of the list. I mean it's it's literally life or death for mm. a lot of people, the, the health system. But they just announced that no funding will committed will be committed to fixing anything for at least a few months 
Um, Danielle McMullen, she is a vice president of the Australian Medical Association and she told the media something needs to be done urgently. Frustratingly, we're all left until April or May and then implementation some months after that to really get any practical measures that will help make it more affordable and accessible to see your GP tomorrow. So, Jack, it's a huge issue. Mm. It affects all of us. As you said, we're so lucky to have a healthcare system like it in Australia, but if it's not working... There is a problem. I think there are so many issues at play here, not least a GP shortage as well. If you're someone who isn't a regular and doesn't have a regular Mm -hmm. doctor, you can't even get into these clinics, let alone the cost of paying and the gap when you do. Sometimes the gap can be as much as $50, $60, $70, even more, depending on how long you've been in there. And with the cost of living rising, interest rates, as we've just heard, rising, then you end up in a situation where you can't afford to go to the doctor. And that's not what Medicare, Medicare was designed in the bulk billing system to make it accessible for everybody. One of the biggest problems is the fact that these doctors have stopped bulk, bulk exactly. billing. Yeah. Because the rebate that the federal government has been providing these doctors has in no way kept up with the wages, the rent, um, you know, the rent for premises, the equipment, the training for new doctors, and it's causing huge problems. So people aren't going to the doctor yeah. because they can't afford it. So then a lot of them, uh, their illnesses are becoming so chronic. Exactly. They go to emergency. They can't get seen there mm. because there are no beds. And there's this massive flow-on effect. And you've got this other issue where I know it's happened to us and I'm sure to many other parents who are listening. So our daughter recently um, split her chin open and she needed stitches, yeah. but she did it late at night on a Sunday yeah. night. And there was no GP clinic open to do it. So you end up having to go to emergency when otherwise you could easily go to a clinic if we had more of those 24-hour mm. clinics that mean that you're taking the burden off the healthcare system for someone who needs it a lot more than what we did. And and people know that going to emergency, there is no cost. Mm. Whereas going to a doctor now, there's no bulk billing, so there is a huge cost. So to put it into perspective, the rebate is currently at 1.6%. Yeah. And last year, the CPI rise was 7.8%. So it doesn't even cover, Close. you know, it's, it's almost eight times the amount. So yeah. there's no way that these doctors and these, um, you know, they can't keep up. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, DM us and, and tell us your experiences in trying to get into a doctor, especially if you've got young kids. And speaking of young kids, Alicia, this is one that's close to your heart. How do you feel about councils targeting parents at drop-off? I actually used to live opposite a school, which is, there, there are pros and cons to this, but one of the things we used to see all the time was the parking inspectors, as soon mm. as as soon as soon it clicked over to 8.30, they'd be patrolling. One thing that did annoy me was people would always park in our driveway. Yes. Drive me insane. But it's this really targeted thing that they do and you see them and you just you just feel so grubby about it. But I will never, ever forget after our kids were locked down for, for pretty mm. much two years, yeah. they didn't go to school for two years, the very first day back there were parking inspectors booking people at the school and it was it was an absolute joke. First of all, there were so many children who were anxious mm. about heading back to school. Yeah. You know, we were, they were in the middle of this pandemic. Mm. Like they were freaking out. A lot of the parents were having to go in and settle their children and, you know, the parents were also worried about there were still masks yep. and mandates. It's a cash grab. It, it was disgusting. Yeah, and it's still happening. Um, this is what I'm sure we'll get messages about. I get messages about this topic all the time and... It's very difficult. We've covered it on the pod before. It's actually very difficult to get councils when you appeal Mm. to actually get them to accept your appeal too. Hey, change of pace now. Last week we talked about women and Billie Jean King and Jacinda Mm -hmm. Ardern and 
I thought it would be really good to touch on Pamela Anderson this week. She has an amazing Netflix doco, which is produced actually by her son, Brandon Lee. It's Pamela, A Love Story. If you haven't seen it, you, you just have to watch it. You it's loved brilliant. it. I loved it. I watched it. it last night. I loved it. She's better than ever. She's she Love actually her. she looks better than ever. She has, you know, this confidence about her that she's mm. always had. But I think with age, she's just gotten better on all fronts. Yeah. So a quick recap um for I think we were we were young at this point in time, but I always watched Baywatch. Oh, oh Sam, Sam. were you a Baywatch fan? <laughs> I actually was. Yeah. yeah. yeah Who wasn't? Uh, it was the biggest show in the world at the time. And it's her story of how she was plucked. Obviously, she was in Playboy. She was actually plucked out of an ice hockey game. Yeah. Um, and that's how she was discovered. She was wearing a beer T-shirt and they put her on the big screen and that was her big break because her Playboy moment. saw her as this ad for this beer and that's how it all happened. But um, I don't want to give too much away because I, I would love all of our listeners to watch the doco and, and let us know what they think. But there's a really dark side to this documentary and the way women are presented to the world, not just then, but today. And back in 1995, a sex tape with her and her then husband, Tommy Lee, they, they had a robbery. It wasn't like they'd made a sex tape. What it was, was lots and lots of little tapes, their honeymoon, all these things. And she was naked in a lot of those photos, as was he. They were broken into. That tape was then on sold to a mass distributor who Cut sold up. it as a porno. Mm. And she got not a dollar out of it and she went to court and her legal fight, in the end, she had a miscarriage, She, the stress of it all, she gave it up. And you, I just don't think I ever knew the detail of exactly how she was exploited. Yeah. And that just would not fly today. But she was basically, she said, I never wanted to be in this situation and the world put me in this situation. Mm. And I just, I almost cried for it. It was just I'm actually really surprised that it took this long for her to come out yeah. and explain that because it it made headlines for, for many, many years. I loved that she said she's been married four times <laughs> because not one man can do it all. Uh, she well, she Pam, needed a bit of this you're an icon. and a bit of that. <laughs> I love, I am obsessed with her, but I did want to just point out one more thing. She's also written a book, which I've just started. But in the book, you may have seen in the Australian media, Mm -hmm. she actually refers to Scott Morrison. So Pam is a massive advocate for Peter, but she's also been a massive advocate for Julian Julian Assange. Assange. And she lobbied ScoMo to, to lobby other authorities overseas to get him released when he was obviously um, being put under house arrest in the UK. And Scott Morrison's response was that he had plenty of mates who wanted to be a special envoy to Pamela Anderson. What an embarrassment. Mm. What an embarrassment. Sam, I could see you shaking your head. Just another one for ScoMo, yeah, really, wasn't correct. it? Yeah, correct. Okay, thanks, guys. No, we I know, but it. really in terms of oh, what no, is appropriate as a leader of this country to, again, just be a be, be just a sicko towards her and it's mm. just it was, a bit of a um, pest. But it was a woman here, a strong woman who had a political opinion and was lobbying like any other woman and because she was Pamela Anderson, mm. Uh, the leader of our country thought it was funny I to laugh at her. I think he was trying to be matesy, you know, it's that gross. whole. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't agree with it, but I, I, I think as the, the leader, I think that's mm. what he was trying to do. Can well, I ask a quick question? Yeah. How big was Pamela Anderson in the 90s she as an iconic. icon? She was iconic. There was no one bigger in the world. And that's what's actually really amazing. And, again, her son, her son in particular, but both her sons are in this doco, um, and he's produced it and they sit there in their house going through her life story 
her trials and tribulations, her marriages, and she's so raw. And to have her son actually the, interviewing yes. her and the love, she's obviously an amazing mum. And the love he has for, for her, her as yes. well. And like you just, you, I loved him too. Come, yeah, I, yeah, he's gorgeous. I just think that's a beautiful story in itself. It was. And even her marriage to Tommy Lee, um, there's a really poignant, she's, she's, she talks about sex abuse in, in the doco, but also her marriage to Tommy Lee, he was jailed for six months for hitting her while she was holding her baby. And she talks about being... Her, he was her true love, but she would never put her child in danger, and she left him, and she never went back to him. Yeah. It was just, it was just it's an amazing most, story. Yeah, and I, yeah, Team Pam all the way. I oh, love her, Alicia. For the last month, we've been so thrilled to have Temper on board, not only supporting our podcast, but also giving away an amazing Queen mattress to a lucky listener. That's right, Jack. Mm. And we asked our listeners to send in who they think is the most inspirational mm. female athlete. There were many, which I was so, so happy about. It was lovely to read through everyone's thoughts. Like we had a lot of Serena Williams, yes. Simone Biles, but we actually picked a little drum roll here, Marie Fascione, who um, came up with Tura Pitt, who is the most Absolutely. amazing woman, what she's yes. been through. She has a child now. Um, what she's still doing as a well. A motivational for, speaker. Yeah, for women, for sport, um, for rehabilitation, for her, you know, people who also have injuries. She is amazing. So I think a very, very deserving winner. Absolutely. A worthy winner. Congratulations, Marie. You are now the proud owner of a new Temper Queen oh, mattress. I'm Thanks. so jealous. I know. We need one. Thanks to our friends at Temper. Um, speaking of marriages and divorces, mm. there was a great article in the BBC this week about a separation marriage. So in Japan, they profiled some couples who have their own homes, live their own lives. They're still I found married. That fascinating. Um, but they don't live together because yes. they don't like it. Yeah. You're a fan. Well, I mean, I had a similar situation in Noosa when I booked some separate apartments for our family holidays. And I, I said it before and I'll say it again. It worked really well. Um, you know, we had our own space, probably not to the extent that the people in Japan mm. did. What I noticed about this couple in Japan was that the husband is sitting there on his lazy butt mm. and his, like, alarm goes off at 7.30. She gets up at 4, she meditates, she cooks her kids' lunch, mm-hmm. she cleans the house, then Don't her we son all? gets up. Well, this was the whole thing, right? I mean, I do this, this guy, my husband lives in the house. <laughs> this guy just visited three times a week for a bit of romance and then nicked off back to his yeah, bachelor pad. Right. He, like, he's basically a bachelor with yeah, benefits. But all these, it was interesting to hear the comments as well because a lot of people were loving it, like, if it works for them. And then, do they stay great. together? This is the thing. Is it the secret? <laughs> I mean... Who knows? I don't – I'm a big fan of separate bedrooms. Like if I've got a big event the next day or if oh. old mate's been out and had a few drinks and he's oh. going to snore, he oh. knows to go to the spare room. Oh, yeah. Are you a spare room? Um, yes. Yeah. My husband's not allowed upstairs. <laughs> Although he never follows that rule, so I don't know why I say it to people. Yes, but we actually do. You're not I think, it's, I think it's more common than you people think. People think. People oh. do have separate beds. And yeah. I love well, being able to – All the time. To, oh, no. I love it. Like, And you can like spread out and oh. just have your space in your bed and there's no one there snoring or in your personal, yeah. you know. Well, you could go off to Japan or Noosa and um, just live a life. I'm not adverse to You're this. You're so Michael. Yes. So, Jack, speaking of love, <laughs> there was an article this week that we loved that revealed an Aussie pantry staple is being used in top-notch restaurants. The Jats or the Savoy, the depending Jats on cracker. where you come from, <laughs> is being used in Sydney, in Brisbane, in Adelaide at these high-end eateries. They sort of top it with like a little smoked mussel. This is back to like the 80s, cream. isn't it? Yes. yes. So it got us thinking about mm. the top five Biscuits, what are yours? Firstly, I'm going to preface this. I am not sponsored by Arnott's. 
Um, they once sent me some free cheds and I'm yes. about to tell you why. Um, so these are my top five. The Monte Carlo in fifth, the Kingston. This is controversial. The Biscoff, which is this European brand. I don't know uh, if you know them, but I, I love them. I've, I've written here in the rundown. Yeah. I disagree. I oh, think they're, they're gross. Elite. With a cup of tea. Delicious. Mm. A chicken crimpy at number two. And the king of all biscuits, the Ched. The Ched. I took the Cheds the Ched. to Beijing when I went to the Winter Olympics yes. and they actually didn't feed us. It's your diet. And so all I ate, I had six boxes of Cheds and I ate a quarter of a box a day. And that's what I ate because they literally they did not feed, feed us you. when we were on the mountain. So I just ate Cheds for a month. We were there for a month. I'm I a, love a Ched. I'm a savoury person, over yes. sweet any day. So my yes. number one, I've, I've flipped it. You went five, four, three, two, one. I've started with number one. Is a seaweed sakata. Oh, yeah, my kids like love, love them. A crunch. Mm. Um, I do love a ched. It's my yep, number, number two. two. Um, give me a jats or a savoy as well with like yep. some dip, like a bit of hummus or something like that. Yep. Um, and also a lavosh with just like a bit of cheddar. A lavosh like is a an expensive biscuit, I well, think. Well, that's my treat food. <laughs> that was definitely not in the Bromley Lynch lunchbox. As no. A kid. No, no way. No. Not the lavosh. No. Oh, I don't mind it's the in the hall children's <laughs> lunchbox. <laughs> that, why does that not surprise me at all? And if I had to have yes. something sweet, I don't mind a little ginger nut biscuit. Yeah. I just want to say about the cheds, though, they're a quiet achiever. You think people don't know what they are oh. and then you put it out there and it's literally the most popular biscuit mm. out there. They're just delicious. You can put they actually cheese, cheese on the ched. I know. It's like a double cheese. Yes. What do you like best? Oh, I love a Monte Carlo. Oh, yeah. So that was, it's very nostalgic for me. It? I was going to say, did your grandmother? My nan, yes. my nan always had them. So really? after school, I would always have yes. a jar of Monte yep. Carlo and cream like... in between. It's the yes. same from the Arnott's. Okay. Michael um, was talking to me about the cream assortment that you oh, used yes. to get. Oh, yeah. Yes. They were fancy. They were great. Mm. They were um, the lavosh of the 80s. Barbecue shapes. I mean, they're great. They're tasty. Just not so healthy. Delicious. Um, I was controversially, I, I like the chicken crimpy more than the shape. Yes. And I, I was tossing up about which one of those. Yes. Because the pizza shape, yeah. the crimpy. Oh, the crimpy, mm, if mm, I had to yeah, choose. Love, love yeah. it, love it. I think we're going to do a top five each week. We are. So send us through your thought, thoughts on biscuits or anything for our top yes. five of the week. And um, let's get now into embarrassment of the week. That's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> It's been our most successful segment ever when last week I told the story about myself being embarrassed when one of our little girlfriends came for a sleepover and said I had bed bugs. And so we put it out on our social and I had literally thousands of responses about stuff kids say. Who knew these children could create such a, I mean, it's we the best. sort of do. Yeah, but. we live with these children. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're going to give you now our number one or our favourite. Our favourite. And then we actually have so many that we're going to do a separate pod this week, yes, uh, just a little five minute. We're going to read out all of our best ones. They are hilarious. All of I them, haven't laughed that hard in a long all time. All of them are double over funny. <laughs> They're brilliant. Okay, so here's our embarrassment of the week highlight. I'm a prep teacher. I've had kids bring in bongs, dad's special grass, and even some small scales, measure to the gram, assume drug scales <laughs> for show and tell. Also, parents, please know that our kids, your kids, tell us everything. We know about every fight. The time dad vomited from too much beer, mum had a girl's night and fell over when she got home. <laughs> yeah, great. And even the loud screaming noises mum makes in the bedroom when dad is in there wrestling with yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, they, are, they would have to be kinder teachers, school teachers, just absolutely. Imagine the combos in the staff room. <gasps> and it gets actually worse and more interesting and funnier. It so does. we're going to put all of them over on our little Stuff Kids Say 
pod, which we're going to release on Friday morning. And our quick that's not on for this week. You've got to be joking. This is not on. It's not on. Is the Chinese spy balloon. It sounds like something out of James Bond, doesn't it? I love the story so much. Although when I heard it was shot down, I thought, how did they know what was inside of it? Well, they left it floating around for a few days. And the whole argument was why did they leave it so long before they shot it down? It could have been anything in there, though. I mean, they unless they had some amazing <laughs> technology to work out that shooting it down wasn't going to harm anyone or... They probably would well, have. I think they did. They probably I, would have. That's exactly right. yeah. what happened. Yeah. That's maybe why they left it The amount so of money that the US put into their military mm. and their secret service and whatnot. It just seems so innocuous, though, like a spy balloon. Like, couldn't they use a drone, like one That's of those... That's why like, I was so suspicious of yeah. it because it just seemed too odd. <laughs> and they've claimed another one over Latin America yes, as well. it got lost apparently It's from what so, it was meant to be spying on. The whole story is... Is just That's not so odd. Don't bizarre. send your balloons. So, Alicia, that pretty much wraps up the pod. But before we go, we are doing our special little pod, yes. which will be released on Friday morning. Stuff kids say. And they are, we can <laughs> promise you, they are hilarious. Do you know, I start laughing just thinking about it, Sam. They are. I saw you two laughing before, um, giggling like Two yes. schoolgirls in the in well, the schoolyard. There's a lot of kids in the schoolyard that are doing a lot of things. They're, they're, so they're wild. Some of them are wild. They are wild. It's sort of an insight into people's lives a little bit too. Well, so it is behind closed it. doors. It's going to be nice and snappy. Uh, just five minutes on Friday morning. Alicia, it's been a week. It really has, Jack. Alicia, as always, we're thrilled to have our friends at Chemist Warehouse on board the pod. And today we've got a little taste tester. It's the Bondi Protein Co Collagen Creamer. Um, dairy-free. One thing that's really interesting in Australia is that creamers aren't as big as they are in America. And I don't understand why, because this is delicious. Well, this one is vanilla, which smells absolutely amazing. Mm. And as you heard in the pod, I'm up to my second coffee (laughs) in the afternoon. So this is the perfect time for me to add in the Bondi Protein Co. It's a really easy and convenient way to get your daily collagen hit. And as I said, it's dairy-free. And who doesn't want collagen? Hair, Mm. nails, skin, it gives you that glow. Our producer, Bella, actually uses this every day and she absolutely loves it. I'm on board. Same. 